Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift, drive. Twin Cities sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is The Ride with Roycey. In frozen Florida, the ride with Roycey is winding up its first stay down here in its winter home. I'm heading back tomorrow. I wanted to be on site in case the NFC title game was going to be played at the uh, Taj Maziggy, but it, of course, is in Philadelphia. Uh, That said, uh, let me get to uh, my A topic of the day. Are Minnesota Timberwolves trying to bounce back from that putrid effort in uh, Orlando uh, a couple of nights ago are in Houston tonight? And Houston has James Harden back uh, for this game. He'd been out with injury. And Chris Paul is also playing because neither Paul nor Harden were suspended for the fracas that took place (laughs) in L.A. the other night. And, Reavers, you know what we have here, don't you? Because Trevor Ariza and Gerald Green are are suspended. You know what they are? Are they undermanned? They're fall guys. Oh, (laughs) They found the fall guys. In fact, the story is that Paul, even though he's the guy who knew how to get there, right? The back door. Mm-hmm. To get he knew to the, the route. Uh, he knew the route. He and Harden were actually peacemakers, according to the NBA and the Rockets. And they were trying to keep. They were trying to keep keep Green and Ariza from uh, doing anything violent in there when they burst into the room. <laughs> Paul was in the background. So the NBA's story is, ah, uh, no, they were peacemakers. So this is a nationally televised game tonight, right? Yes, it'll be. Yeah. Uh, it's the second of a doubleheader for TNT tonight. So TNT, they're uh, they're they're gonna call up TNT and tell them they were not gonna let you have Chris Paul or James Harden playing in this game. Uh, <laughs> no, we have fall guys. Don't worry, the NBA says we got a couple of fall guys: Gerald Green and Trevor Ariza. Fantastic! They suspended those two guys, and not only that, they had the audacity to say Paul and Harden just came along. As peacemakers. Well, Even though Chris peace- Paul was the one who led them to <laughs> yes, the yes. locker room. And if you're peacemakers, if the whole if your whole idea is peace, how did they ever get from your locker room to the how, how do you let them get out of your locker room, right? Right. I mean Ariza apparently was uh, uh very upset, but Gerald Green, what the they say he's the nicest guy that ever lived. To happen to him. So basically the NBA called him up and said, We need two. We got to suspend two. 
Two, two of your guys got to get suspended for this. And they said, okay, you can have a reason, Gerald Green. You know, the Wolves would really show me something today is if they, you know, they're, I'm, I'm assuming they're already there at the arena, maybe at their shooter run or whatnot. And they said, we'd like a police presence before the start <laughs> yes, of the game. Right. That would show me something. Yeah, we yeah. don't. Get Jimmy Butler wants, wants a police presence because yeah. he's worried about what Chris Paul we, is going to do to him. We, we want security. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. We'll, uh, it's a the TNT doubleheader, so we'll all have to be watching what Shaq and Charles have to say tonight. Oh, God. It, it could be a Hello, 911. <laughs> <laughs> this is Blake Griffin. <laughs> no, no, leave it. They'll have even more chuckles about the fact that the NBA says they were peacemakers. You know? And what I love about that, too, is they, you know, whether it's Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, whoever that they were mocking on TNT, those guys could sit there and watch that whole thing. They can't get mad at Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley. <laughs> no, you no. Know? They, at, their, at their ages, they'll take them all. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Well, Kenny Smith kept saying that during that thing. He said, you got two guys who look forward to people coming in to beat them up in their locker. That's the trouble here. We got two guys who would look, who would be happy if you came into their locker room to beat them up. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man, alive. It is uh, It is uh, fun. But the boys... Uh, the boys will probably uh, they 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 already screwed up this two game road trip because now they get hardened back and they got to go down and try to win in Houston after just puking that one away. When they come home, who they got when they come home this weekend? They got. Uh, uh, let me double check Saturday, the schedule. Yeah, the, uh, Toronto on Saturday. Toronto on Saturday. And then they and then the, they're uh, then they're right back on the road for a little West Coast road trip. Of, to Portland. So they go from the, Houston to home to the West Coast? Yeah. Weird. They got, they got okay. the Clippers. They're at the Clippers Monday, and then, they're, then they go up to Portland, and then they play Golden Are State. Are they home the week of the Super Bowl being here? Yes. Oh, they have boy. The, they, have, uh, they have like a Thursday. That Thursday before, they have a home game, and then the Saturday, the night before. They oh, have really? the night they before the Super Bowl, they have a home game. Sti- yeah. I'm surprised that the city allowed it. The, the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks play. The Bucks come here and play that Thursday before, and then well, I think it's New Orleans that the Saturday before the Super but Bowl. But Pat, I wonder. I bet those will be two of their better crowds because people that are here are going to want something, you know, something like that to go do. I I guarantee you both of those will be sellouts. Yeah, probably. Well, they've uh, been selling them out. That's, anyway, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, but, that's true. Uh, yeah, I would imagine Saturday night will be pretty good if you're not invited to one of the big Super Bowl start parties. Yeah, that'll be one of those know. games where we actually have. Stars to you highlight know, on the sideline. You know, yeah. I've go back so long that their Super Bowl party was basically a media party. Then there'd be executives in that, and uh, very few celebrities wandering around. And uh, I don't even. I don't. I think they have a different party for the media now. So I think they have a. I think they have a place where you can go eat little hot dog weenies and then the uh the, the super bowl party party is now a big uh, gala so what you're saying is in the 70s when they had the marching band for the halftime show when uh, you, you guys didn't have a guy jumping a snowmobile 16 uh, blocks in first, downtown my first one was uh, that i covered that didn't involve the vikings was in the early 80s and uh, okay. they're still doing it that way new orleans i think one of the bears no it was before the bears but uh i remember i told you i was for the bears uh, one down there, uh, 
Count Basie was playing the piano and Joe Williams was uh, singing and uh, right there and, you know, standing about eight feet away from him. I don't think that happens anymore. No. Was it the uh, was it the Eagles Raiders one? Because that one was in yes. New Orleans, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was the first one I was in. Yeah. Okay. Eagles Raiders, yes. And uh, that, was a, that was a miss. That was the uh, Eagles team that did beat the 1980 Vikings and yeah. they were a bit of a mismatch. All righty, we're going to uh, talk to Bob Ford from uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, a friend of mine, a longtime columnist there, about uh, what the, what's the mood with the Eagles uh, entering this game as once again as underdogs when we get back. Bob Ford, columnist for Philly.com and the Inquirer and the Daily News in Philadelphia. How you doing, sir? Pretty good, Pat. How are you? I am uh, just fine. I'm uh, heading back to Minnesota from Florida, and it's freezing down here. What's going on? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, it's colder. Uh, it's colder in Philadelphia than in Minneapolis today. So you know we can't say that very often. So I'll say it today. That is true. So the Eagles have had to kind of change their profile here since they lost Wentz. They were they were willing to play a snot-nosed football game to beat the Falcons last week, keep it as boring as possible. Will that be the strategy again this week? Uh, well, as long as they've got Nick Foles instead of Carson Wentz, that has to be the strategy, Pat. It's not like he's going to grow a third arm during the week here. So, yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to dink and dunk and hope that uh, – uh, Vikings uh, aren't going to be quite as fortunate this week, perhaps. Uh, yeah, that is true. Although uh, you know the Vikings, uh, I, I uh, Breeze is was the only reason that that game wasn't uh, wasn't comfortable, and they it's a completely different challenge. Uh, what's your uh, Doug Peterson? I, I from a distance, I like him a lot. I think he's a, a pretty sharp uh, dude, and uh, they they have made the adjustment here. Yeah, I think he is too. I he I had he had to kind of grow on me. I wasn't quite sure how sharp he was in, in, as he came in, but he's really done a great job of adjusting. Especially when you lose a guy who might have been the most valuable player in the league, then all of a sudden, as you said, you have to retool your offense completely. And uh, you know they don't go down the field. They can't go down the field like they did before. And so now they've had to really kind of in midstream change their entire philosophy and scheme. And that's that's not easy. Uh, but they've done it pretty well on the fly, and it's uh, it's been impressive. Hey, uh, Bob, uh, they you know the game in which uh, uh, Wentz got hurt, a forty-three thirty-five win over the Rams, a real shootout. The next week, their defense uh, was uh, pretty lousy against the Giants again, and then they got their act back together. What what was uh, they they was it just a little blip with this uh, good defense here that they had in those back-to-back games, or was it just? Uh, I, the second game might have been post Wentz traumatic stress syndrome or something, but uh, and yeah, well, the first game they're they're on the road. They were they were actually played two straight games on the West Coast. They stayed out there, so there's a second game on the road, and they're playing a golf who had caught fire at the end of the season. Yeah, and so you know it was it was a tough test. The New York game, I have absolutely no explanation for it. Maybe that was a blip. Maybe that was a little letdown that hey, we just lost Carson Wentz. What's going to happen? I don't know. Then they got well. Of course, they got well against the Oakland Raiders and the Dallas Cowboys. So you know, maybe it was easy to get well. But the fact that the defense also did a very nice job uh, containing Matt Ryan and the Falcons last week it was pretty impressive. I thought. Uh, I think they're decent uh, defense. I think like any other defense, probably like Minnesota's too. 
it's all predicated on getting pressure on the quarterback, and if the guy sits back there and he's got time to deliver, he's going to deliver because that's the way it works in this league. So, you know, it's, it starts up front for them, and it's a cliche, but it's true. And they got Fletcher Cox in the middle. They have sort of that kind of a unicorn player in the in the NFL because he is a real, real pressure threat in the middle in the, as for the tackle position, uh, not just a guy who's going to stuff the middle of the line and, you know, hold things up so the ends can go do the work. So he's a guy that the teams always have to pay attention to, and I'm sure the Vikings are preparing for that too. And they're trying to get by uh, with uh, and, and cover them up pretty good. A couple of cor- cornerbacks who are uh, of, of modest uh, experience and skill, and uh, they've managed to survive there. Yeah, they have, and uh, you know it's it's a it's a unit, and they and they've worked together well. Uh, Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, I'm sure you remember, he was the head coach in Detroit yep. for a little while. And he's a pretty sharp defensive mind. He's a guy who believes in, in getting pressure with four and covering with seven, which is also the Minnesota philosophy. I mean, if you don't want to have to steal from your coverage units to create pre- pressure with blitzes, then all the better. And he's been really good at that. He disguises things very well. And as you said, their, their secondary is not as good as uh, – you might like it to be, but as long as they're getting pressure and as long as you know, Case Keenum's not going to get six seconds to sit back there and do his Case Keenum magic, then you know, I think they, they like their chances a little bit. Hey, uh, two years ago when they uh, all of a sudden uh, jump up and trade Bradford and start playing the kid, uh, how, did, how, was, how did that go down in, uh, in uh, Philadelphia immediately? Did they think that maybe they were, that, did they were just giving up on a season? or what, uh, How did the public take that one? Well, the public tends to react to everything as if its hair is on fire here. So you got you to you take that into account. What was what was uh, perplexing about that, Pat, was that they had just given Bradford a fairly sizable contract, and then they move heaven and earth and get rid of a lot of their depth and uh, get rid of a lot of their cap space to jump up to number two and take Wentz. And it didn't make any sense until you know someone put an arrow into Teddy Bridgewater. Then all of a sudden it made a lot of sense, and they were able to, to dump Bradford and the contract and, and get a first-round pick back. And so then it started to look brilliant. But, I mean, I didn't think it was brilliant until until your poor guy went down. Uh, but I think last year everyone did think it was just sort of a, a rebuilding, retooling year. It turned out to be that. It was a 7-9 and nine year, and Wentz was a little bit up and down. Um, and in the offseason before this year, they added some weapons. They brought in Alshon Jeffrey. They brought in Torrey Smith. They added LeGarrette Blunt. In midseason, they brought in Jay and Jai. So, you know, they had some other weapons that teams had to sort of game plan for. It wasn't just him throwing to, you know, Joe Schmoe out on the side there. So they helped him out a lot. And uh, they've been also fortunate that the offensive line has stayed stayed fairly well intact. And, and, you know, they lost Jason Peters to left tackle, but they've been able to to uh, account for that loss. So, yeah, I, it was it was a thing, and I really like Sam Bradford. I think, you know, unfortunately, he's got knees that are made of, you know, uh, wax paper or something. But, yep. you know, other than that, I thought he was a terrific guy and a terrific quarterback, and, and I second-guessed him for moving up to get this kid from North Dakota. I mean, that's <laughs> like up by you. I mean, there's no, no quarterback from North Dakota, for God's sake. <laughs> Yeah, a good, wholesome Midwestern boy, too, who worries about his fellow man. I know that. He's one of these he guys. He doesn't worry about his fellow goose, though. He's out hunting every other day. <laughs> he's, he likes to get over there on the Delaware River and do some damage, does he? 
I, he could be out on 95 with the gun for all I know. I stay away from the guy. Because the geese are, the geese are everywhere, Royce. It's terrible. Well, I, yeah, I, uh, we, we, yeah, I remember when they were majestic, and now they're a pest. That's uh, that's for sure. So, uh, some Viking fans are trying to get tickets, and also expressing fear that they'll run into the old rabid uh, Eagles crowd that uh, used to be uh, famous. I've I've only been to the new stadium a couple of times, but it seemed much more. I, I guess for visitors safe than the uh, the old vet was. That was a frightening place. This this place, this crowd doesn't look quite as uh, hostile as it used to be, the Eagles crowd. Well, the vet used to make Rikers Island look friendly. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was not a nice place. Nobody liked coming there. But, no, this is a little bit more refined or as refined as Philadelphia is going to get. And, and if you're not a Cowboys person, or, say, a yes. Giants person. But, you know, I think people in Philadelphia view their, their brother from Minnesota as sort of very nice Midwestern people. And, you know, they'll stand in the park lot with you before a game and maybe have a beverage. And I, I think they'll, wel- they'll welcome them. Now, if it's the fourth quarter, Pat, and, and the Vikings happen to be winning, the jumping up and down with the purple on, that, that, might, not be, that <laughs> not might not be the best idea. So you might just want to tell people that, you know, just, Keep your celebrations until you're back in the car. But otherwise, I think people will be welcomed here. I was uh, telling the boys here yesterday about uh, how I was uh, had stopped in uh, Philadelphia for a Monday night opener when Herschel had moved on to the Eagles and the uh, from the Vikings and the Cowboys were in town for the 9-10 kickoff. And uh, we got out of the uh, – had to walk quite a ways across the parking lot and – there were several suggestions uh, about my girth and uh, my general appearance and uh, perhaps my sexual preferences as I walked through that lot. And you just keep walking with your head down, you know, and don't uh, don't pay any attention. But that lot, that vet lot could get a little dangerous. Yeah, well, and the, vet, the thing about the vet was that the playing surface was the same as the parking lot. <laughs> they're, they're both... They were both made of concrete. People didn't like to come in there. Bad things happened to people in there. So, yeah, I'm sorry, but I, I apologize on, the, on behalf of the Philadelphia for people that said something about the earth, which, you know, is certainly untoward, Pat. Yes, 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 it was. It was uh, very offensive. Well, you know, it would be odd. Wouldn't it be strange to see this team make it to the Super Bowl uh, with the flaws without the quarterback and uh, after all those hard, tough losses at home with Donovan McNabb as a quarterback in those uh, title games? No, wait a minute. Which team are you talking about? No, the the Eagles. The the Eagles. Oh, I thought you said it would be for the Vikings. Oh, no, uh, no, no. This, this, hey, this Viking team is good. I, uh, even with Keenum as the quarterback, this this Viking team is pretty damn good. You th- are they that good? Because I haven't seen much, that much of them. The last thing I saw, Pat, was, was they gave up 24 points in the second half at home <laughs> in the biggest yes. game of the year. That's the last thing I saw. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, gosh, I don't know. I don't know okay. about this team. Well, you know, I'm just no I've always been overly optimistic my whole life, so I guess that's, it. that's it. All right, Bobby, yeah. thank you. Have a good ball game, Sunday. It's been a lot of fun, Pat. Good hearing from you and uh you're not coming? Uh, no, I'm a kind of a, a non-traveling uh, observer now. Once in a while, I make a road trip, but not too many times. But I, I will I be back. I, I wish I could get. I wish I could get that job. Okay. <laughs> I will right, be, wait. Take care. I gotta Thanks ask you: you going to? Are you going to Korea? 
I am not going to Korea uh, I'm, I'm, unless they unless they uh, pass things up really quickly. <laughs> but uh, but I'm, I'm staying I'm staying away from. Uh, in fact, I don't I don't like going to New Jersey. Okay. So I'm, I'm, cert- I'm certainly not going to Korea. Okay, sir. Thanks, Bob. All right. Talk to you. Good talk to you, Pat. Take care. All righty. Uh, Bob Ford from uh, Philly.com, Philadelphia Inquirer, and uh, Daily News uh, website, and uh, he's a longtime friend of mine. I don't like we- the chances of them patching things up that quickly. <laughs> hey, Korea, they're going to have United Team now. That's true. That's now. true. Yep. Trump might have to attack both of them. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> we'll be uh, back. This is The Ride with Racy. Johnny Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long-term or recurring projects? If so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half company. Uh, Timberwolves remain on the road. They're back in action tonight in Houston to play the Rockets. The Rockets will have James Harden back, uh, coming back from an injury. And uh, Coach Mike D'Antoni said uh, he might see about 25 minutes of action course they will be without trevor ariza and gerald green both suspended for two games uh, for wandering into the club uh, clippers locker room looking for a fight the other night uh, fall guys <laughs> adam thielen uh, was back at vikings practice today he of course has a back injury that held him out of wednesday's practice he was limited in his return safety andrew sendeo also limited again today while he continues to progress uh, progress through the concussion protocol he was knocked out of Sunday's game uh, when he was hit by receiver Michael Thomas. Quarterback Mackenzie Alexander also limited in practice today with a rib problem. Defensive tackle Shamar Stefan was again held out of practice due to a knee injury and uh, also held out of practice Michael Floyd. Apparently Michael is sick. He has the flu. Uh, breaking NFL news this afternoon, Joe Lockhart, a former White House press secretary who's been the NFL's chief communications Uh-oh. officer, is he leaving on. the league. Really? Uh, too candid, I would guess. He, he had uh, he had too many candid remarks earlier this year. Lockhart told members of his staff he's stepping aside after the Super Bowl to spend more time with his family, mm-hmm. do political commentary, and teach. Do we still got to give him a free room? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be here. Uh, it's not immediately clear what the NFL will do to replace Lockhart. He had served, uh, served as the NFL's executive vice president of communications and public affairs. Colleagues said that Lockhart was not being forced out, but his exit does come after a pretty turbulent 2017 season. NFL involved in that public feud with the president regarding the national anthem. And Commissioner Roger Goodell in the league office also came under attack from Jerry Jones, who tried unsuccessfully to block Goodell's five-year contract. And he, he when he when asked about it, he would actually answer questions, which is probably uh, what the NFL opposed the most. What are you doing answering? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Gophers stay on the road tonight. They'll try to make it two in a row with a game against Maryland. They could win that one. Maryland's pretty mm-hmm. mediocre. Uh, Twins have hired Jim Cott as a special assistant to the team. Of course, he pitched for 15 years with the franchise uh, between Washington and Minnesota from 1959 to 73. Played 25 years in the majors. Twins say he'll engage in various Twins community and business initiatives in Minnesota and in southwest Florida. And uh, if you go to Twins Fest this weekend, uh, Jim will be there. Uh, say hi to him. No uh, word yet on uh, whether uh, whether we still have him wrapped up for I'm nervous. season. I'm I, nervous. I, I've texted him. There's been no response. I saw this nugget from the Twins Almanac on Twitter. I did not realize this. In 1965, he made 42 starts. 
Yeah. In well, 66, yeah. he made 41. That that's, was the next nugget. That's <laughs> unbelievable. But I, but that's the era, though, right? I mean, that's just yeah. that's yeah. what guys did. If we get a minute, I'll give you the uh, cot salary story again, but we don't have time. Okay. So, hmm. All right. Negotiating with Calvin was an interesting process. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> yes. had a great season. Take a pay cut. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. Thanks, Johnny. You bet. Give us 30 minutes, and we'll give you everything Cubs. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. Jess Myers now joins the ride with Royce. Right now! For this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Jess Myers, we got so many hockey items, we got to run through them rapidly. Hockey Day in Minnesota on Saturday, and the main location is St. Cloud. Lake George, one of your Lake, old one of your Lake, old haunts, I'm sure. I your, do believe that uh, Lake George was the location where St. Cloud Tech had played hockey before they got a indoor arena. But when I was there. And uh, from 66 through 8, uh, they weren't playing high school hockey in uh, in uh, St. Cloud because they were campaigning to get an indoor rink and, and finally got And one. now they've kind of reverted to form. Uh, Tech and Apollo, because of declining numbers, have combined now. They're one team. So you look at the high school hockey scores in the, in the paper, and you've got St. Cloud playing Minneapolis. It's like minor oh, league yeah. baseball or something. It's crazy. But the uh, Cathedral has had good teams, right? Cathedral's been very good. Cathedral you know. in, in Class A, they've been okay. But, yeah, Lake George is the big lake when you're driving uh, – uh, down division and it's off on the left and then the st cloud tech football stadium used to be right behind it too and they've so. gotten smart they're not doing the rink actually on the lake anymore they're putting it on dry land they realize it was just too shaky of a proposition when they oh, they had to move it indoors the one year they wanted to have it on lake minnetonka because mm-hmm. the, the ice conditions just weren't any good so so they're doing it on land but it'll be an, a cool scene with the st cloud skyline in the back and and our first ever Outdoor college Division One women's game, uh, Minnesota Duluth playing St. Cloud State as part of the Hockey Day Minnesota festivities. So. Where are we playing it at? They're at they're the, uh, they're playing at their that football stadium. No, they're playing that outdoors as well at the at the Hockey Day site. Oh, really? And then okay. uh, and then MSU Mankato plays uh, St. Cloud indoors that later that night too. So so what is interesting is, and I guess this has happened before, but no Gophers involvement into a Hockey Day of Minnesota, right? And this is rare. Yeah, it's been you know kind of a Gopher event for a long time. Of course, the Gophers have their own big event on Saturday. Sure, Madison Square Garden, part of Super Saturday. They're uh, they're going to New York City, and uh, and and why are they playing Michigan State? I thought that they were playing the basketball team playing Ohio State. Basketball team's they? playing Ohio State. There must have been some goofy scheduling thing because usually it's been like you know yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. Michigan yeah. basketball at noon and then hockey at eight yes. p.m. or something like that. But uh, yeah, so so as we you get... point out, the uh, we managed to have uh, the the Madison. <laughs> Square Garden uh, attraction that will capture the uh, the imagination of everyone in Manhattan features the sixth and seventh place teams in the Big Ten, right? And and that's uh, history in the making because no one has ever finished seventh in the Big Ten before this year. <laughs> no, that would be that would be true. Michigan State, yeah, Gophers. So the Gophers are actually at East Lansing tonight. Then for that's game. right, they play there tonight and uh, and then hopping on a plane tomorrow at noon. And Don Lucia said his one disappointment was. They've got an ice time at like noon tomorrow in East Lansing, so they're going to skate there, then get on a plane, get into New York City, kind of later in the afternoon. He said he was hoping they could get there earlier, do you know some of the kind of New York sightseeing. Sure. Why, well, why didn't they do it? I guess they won't have an opportunity, which is too bad. 
come on. You know, what the hell difference does it make if you beat Michigan? The way you're playing now, you're going to have to win the tournament anyway or yeah. win the league or something. So, uh, you know, go out and let the – let the fellas hit New York City. What What's the fun of going if you don't do what, that? What right? could go wrong? There's famous last words that's for right. college athletes in New that's York City. Right. That yeah. is right. Absolutely. Uh, what the, you know, that's that's part of the experience. Hey, the Wild, uh, the practice rink is now open, right? It's, Has Hamlin had a hockey game there yet? I don't know if Hamlin's played there. there. We had our first ever high school game there. We had, oh, really? That, that was the inaugural game, uh, I want to say, 10 days ago. St. Paul Johnson played uh, St. Paul Highland Park for the first ever oh, game good. now. Now, the Wild aren't probably moving in until next month because uh, the locker rooms aren't completely finished. But, you know, it, it, they've for years they've bounced around. They've practiced at St. Thomas and yep. they've practiced at Parade and kind of all over the place. They had talked to a few of the suburbs early on about building a practice rink, you know, in places like Woodbury. Oh, Woodbury. Or, they had a deal going with yep. Woodbury for the Muhlenberg and then they backed out on it. Right? And the, the plan that would have made the most sense, about 10 years ago, the legislature passed funding that vacant lot right across the street from XL Energy yes. Center. They were going to build about a 3000 seat rink there with two ice surfaces. There would have been a tunnel underneath the road, so they could have gone right from their regular locker room over to practice. Of course, uh, Tim Pawlenty didn't like that idea. He vetoed it, and it never happened. And now they're uh, now they're making something out of the old Dayton's building, at least. What the floor is that on? Like fifth it's, or it's, sixth it's floor? It's like right? the top upstairs, floor because they've got windows on one end that kind of face the the St. Paul skyline. It's a neat space. I mean, what and they're going to do a lot of it? stuff with it. What are it's, we calling uh, it? Do we I want to say sponsor? Treasure Island is the oh, really? uh, is the sponsor. Okay. It's like the Treasure Island Hockey Center or something like that. So all right. They, well, the Pipers uh, not only have uh, the uh, CHS Field as their home base. Baseball stadium. It's now the uh, the new uh, the wild facility is going to be their home hockey uh, facility too for Corey Leyland and uh, Natalie Darwitz. They Natalie might Darwitz, build a yeah. couple of powerhouses in, uh, in that league. So. Absolutely. That uh, sounds like a good deal. Hey, you gave me a note here. Uh, Andy Murray's daughter. Yeah, how about this? Sarah. You think you, Sarah think you got play? a bad job? Sarah Sarah Murray. Where did she play? She high, played high hockey at UMD. Okay. She's, she's a ex-Bulldog. She, about a year and a half ago, got hired by the uh, South Korean Sports Federation, or whatever it is, to coach their women's hockey team in the Olympics. Now, first hurdle is the fact that she doesn't speak any Korean. So oh, yeah, she is. has to have a uh, an interpreter uh, you know, trying to explain the drills. Now... With this newfound happiness agreement we have between North and South Korea, she got informed a couple days ago, oh, by the way, not only did you already have one of the worst teams going into the Olympics, we're going to add about, you know, maybe 10 more players that can barely skate from North Korea to your team. Uh, And and we want you to fit them in because we don't want strife here. We want everybody to get along. Exactly. uh, I wonder... uh, so you think the basketball coach in Brainerd has problems with the uh, with the with the parents? How about the hockey coach having trouble with the the little guy in North Korea if we're not playing the team? If, if we don't have enough uh, North Korean lines on the team, you know we've heard the horror stories about like the North Korean World Cup soccer team and what happens yes. to these guys. You know nobody ever hears from them again when they get <laughs> no, back to North no. Korea. So uh, yeah, I would think there's a little added level of pressure on there for Sarah Murray. So we want to wish her best of luck. Well, that's uh, you know just she just took like the everybody's going to be it. cheering for Iceland in the World Cup now because the United States is. Out, I'm going to be cheering for the Korean women's team. Uh, I got to ask you a question: Are there so few women's hockey teams in the world that uh, they get automatically into the uh, oh oh home home country? I guess yeah, okay. home yeah. home country. And but they've played in the Olympics before. They they did a tour and played a bunch of WCHA women's teams and. 
I don't think they won a game in that tour. So uh, they they they've got uh, their work cut out for them. So what are the reports on uh, what do the boys do when they get their five days off? Do they go to somewhere you know the Turks and Caicos? I have an unofficial report. Okay, I have an unofficial report. Vegas, where do they go? Somebody who flew to Cancun on okay. uh, I want to say Monday said there were a fair amount of wild players. <laughs> uh, <laughs> On the plane. For Cancun. Well, I, they're probably smart enough that they can look at the weather forecast and see that it was going to be cold in Florida. Because I have some relatives who were here last week, and I uh, was uh, in contact with them today. They're on Turks and Caicos. Yeah. 85 and sunny today oh, down there instead of 35 and freezing. See, that's so, that's uh, what's weird about this time of year, too. People say, well, let's go to Vegas for the weekend. You look at the temperatures in Vegas. It might be 25. Yeah, it's like 48 degrees there or something. It's, yes, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing that. Well, hey, Vegas. What yeah. the hell? What? How, how is this How is this possible? Unstoppable. <laughs> well, they're they're like... They won like here's, thirty games. Here's here's how good they games. are. Here's how good they are. Army is suing them for use of their yes, name right. now. <laughs> yeah, Army didn't give a damn. I mean, and the guy who owns them is like a cadet. Yeah, he he's a West the, Point guy. He's an now. officer. Uh, he was a you know an honored guy, and nobody had a problem with it. And now all of a sudden they uh, they want to keep the what the hell? You, you Army can't. Sue a West Point graduate, can they? I wouldn't think so. Don't we have better use of but, our? Uh... You know, it is the army. I mean, they are trained killers, so be careful. <laughs> yeah, right. But what is with these guys? When did the when the Wild don't play there till March, though? Unfortunately, right, right. right. I guess Edmonton had. I I, bunch, I saw a bunch of tweets from Terry Jones, uh, and uh, I guess Edmonton turned out in force when they played at Las Vegas. Uh, See, this last, is this is the week. greatest. And I think they uh, didn't Edmonton beat them too. I think, I think they, they did. did. Yeah, this is the yeah. greatest tourist gig ever. And in fact, I said go to the point where they do with like European soccer. Designate like three sections of the arena just for visiting fans. Why don't you do that for every game? Because there's going to be so many visitors. But there. the best thing about Canadian teams having them come, Winnipeg and Edmonton, they don't care about money. They're gonna all. They all go on holiday. They spend all their money, right? They don't care. They what's it? They if Ed, if the Edmonton Eskimos were playing to go to the Super Bowl, there'd be twenty five thousand of them in Philadelphia walking the streets, spending whatever the hell it costs. They don't care. Canadians, they just they'll just kick it all away because they don't want. They don't want to. They don't save it anyway because the. Canada will make sure they don't die of starvation or anything. That's so. that's always one of the great scenes is when the when the Blue Jays play here in the summer. If you have a nice, yeah, you know, right. a three gamer over a weekend, go to Mall of America about two hours after the game ends, and you know every shirt you see has a Blue Jays logo. Well, uh, yeah, and half of them don't go to the game; they just go to the Mall <laughs> of America. All right, we'll be back. See what Jess's final thoughts on the uh, great sport of hockey. Getting you caught up on the week in pucks. It's the Hockey Half Hour with Jess Myers. A combination that requires the highest level of conditioning, speed, creativity. On the ride with Royce. What do we got to know before we're out here, Jess? The American Hockey Coaches Association. Okay. They give out an award every year called the John Mariucci Award. It's for the top minor level 
hockey coach in the country. It's kind of like a Lifetime Achievement Award. They announced their awards today. Congratulations to Jim Pohl, who uh, coached Red Wing. He started the program in Red Wing. Before that, he started the program at Rochester Lourdes. He was a great player for Creighton back in the 60s, back when they did a Catholic school tournament. I remember that name, yes. And uh, you might know his son, Johnny Pohl, who went on to be a... And there's a fighting chance that he'll have some grandkids who can play hockey. When uh, Since uh, Johnny is uh, married to Chrissy Wendell. When John and Chrissy got married and the, the word <laughs> leaked out that they were expecting their first child, there was an ongoing joke that schools were scrambling to get uh, a verbal commitment for that first offspring. Uh, Creighton has already offered scholarships. Yeah, so, ab- absolutely. Uh, and then, so, then they're fighting at, at St. Thomas. If it was it a boy, St. Thomas Academy would be in there. Vanelli would be over delivering uh, uh, blue baby gifts. So Yeah, so congratulations yeah. to Jim well deserving other uh, recent Minnesotans who have won it: Bob Jernander from Greenway, uh, Lorne Grasso from Rochester, Mayo, Tom Osiki from Burnsville. Uh, some of the more recent ones. So, great honor for them to be, uh, you know, national kind of national high school coach of the year. That is, uh, that is good. What's Jim do now? Is he, uh, Jim's retired, retired happily. He was fine. a he was a school administrator all those years in the '90s when Red Wing was like a, a state tournament team. Uh, he was, I believe, their athletic director all those years. And uh, you, you gave me a note on now. Willie O'Ree. Is today the day he did? Today, sixty years ago, Willie O'Ree broke ago. the color barrier. Yeah. In the hockey, yeah. uh, well, played and, for the Boston uh, Bruins. Lost, you know, little known fact, got hit in his first game and lost an eye, and never told really? anybody. Like lost sight in his eye, and played the rest of his career. Uh, with, figured with, that would be the excuse they needed to run yep. him back out of the league. Huh? Yep. So uh, never well, told me about it. We have quite a few more uh, players of color in the NHL than we've ever had. Uh, Absolutely. Now when I watch games, that's good. It's uh, very, in- you know, it's becoming increasingly popular. Including, I mentioned it, but uh, wild prospect Jordan Greenway, who plays for Boston University, he will be the first uh, African American player to play in the Olympics next month when he yeah. uh, skate laces up for Team and USA. What's so. interesting is Canada is now becoming. A basketball nation, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're we're getting uh, and we're getting some uh, diversity in our hockey down here. So that's terrific. So. Well, tune into that uh, Gopher game tonight. See if they can score some goals. Oh, by the way, I have it on good authority. I got an update. Hamlin is playing at the new rink. So uh, if you were looking for the Pipers, they're not at the fairgrounds anymore. They're not at Drake Arena. You talk about a nomadic team. No, they they finally have a home. They play. Yeah, I know they're playing there. I just wondered if they'd had a game yet. Yeah, they, they, they apparently I, they. I guess they. Well, have. they were playing an Oscar Johnson with satellites outside. Yeah. So this is going to be an upgrade. Yeah, this was this is a definite upgrade. That was one of Scott Bell's great challenges when he was coaching there and winning a lot of games. Was it seemed like you know who's, every two years they get a new rink. Who's the next Gopher coach, Gensel or Motzko? I've got it. Uh, I've got it narrowed down to five. Okay, uh, Motzko. If they go outside the uh, U alumni. The four Gopher alumni they'll consider, I think, are uh, Gensel, Scott Bell, Todd Richards, and who's the who's the last one? I'm I'm <laughs> blanking on it now. Well, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's so, okay. Somebody yeah, else, well, Thomas Vanek. <laughs> oh no, no! Here's the what? Grant Patolni. Oh, I, sh- I should have thought oh, of him. Patolni. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. young kid. He doing... wouldn't leave Tech after one year. What you... Northern Michigan. That's who you Northern wonder. Michigan. Does he pull Lane Kiffin and leave after one year and go to his uh, to his alma mater? Nobody'd do that. All right, we'll see you. Thank you.